Welcome to the Dawson D Show. If it's your first time listening, welcome. We're so grateful to have your company and we hope you enjoy the experience. And thank you once again if you're returning back. We really appreciate every single one of you. Do you have Instagram? Of course you do. So be sure to go and follow our podcast page at Dawson D underscore for all your show highlights, exclusive content and daily inspiration to continue becoming the best version you can be. Very excited to bring you today's episode. Today's guest on the show is Lizzie Hance. Lizzie is a kind, inspiring and driven business owner with a true passion for the beauty industry. Growing up on the family farm, Lizzie's passion for makeup began when she was just a little girl and that passion has now flourished into one of the most highly sought after wedding makeup artists in Victoria. Our chat with Lizzie was more than just business and makeup though. We went into full detail around career choices in high school and the pressures around knowing what you want to do. The rejection she faced from so many beauty salons when seeking a traineeship at 18 years old. Embracing your 20s to take risks and go after what you want. Running a business that requires her missing out on personal events like weddings, birthdays, milestones and the backlash she had to deal with from those that don't understand what it takes to run a business. And she shares with us a couple of disaster wedding stories which she's witnessed along the journey as well. Lizzie's journey is living proof that if you have a passion... It truly is possible to share it with the world and create an income whilst doing the thing you love. But it takes a lot of sacrifice, incredibly long hours, and mental resilience. Now let's get straight into the show. We hope you enjoy it. Welcome to the Dawson D Show. Two great mates striving to improve in all areas of their lives. The podcast is designed to empower everyday humans just like us who want to add more joy, energy, and happiness into their daily lives. Sharing our real life experiences and everyday struggles, relating to them in a personal way. Expect uncensored stories, plenty of laughs, and tips and tricks to inspire you on your own journey. Now, let's go balls deep. Well, firstly, welcome, Lydia, to the podcast. Thank you. Have you done many podcasts before? No, I've only just done one with you, and that's that's it. I'll throw it up there. I started a podcast probably two years ago. It lasted two episodes. So. Is it still online? <laughs> yeah, it's still online. So people can listen. Yeah, people can listen. No, the Passion Project. But that's right. Yeah, yeah. Everyone knows the story about one of our first guests on our show, but that, that also happened with Lizzie. I went and recorded it with Lizzie. Did the whole podcast for an hour and uh, didn't work. It didn't work. Had to well, go back. We did. We've sound checked today. Camera as well. Everything's ready to go. So that this will not happen today, Lizzie. And now that I've All said good. it, fingers crossed we get through. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. We're really excited to speak with you. Thank you for having me. Where should we really start? Like you just asked me before, do you want do you want to go into the start of the journey and basically what we talked about on our last show, which I would like you to. So I've got on the top of the list, and this is what we'll name our podcast, I reckon, Country Girl to Beauty Entrepreneur. Yeah. Because... I don't think we've filled in. Lizzie's my cousin, by the way, yeah. everyone yeah. listening. Yeah. Uh, Lizzie's the oldest of us 12 cousins um, on the Custerson side. And probably as a younger cousin, like looking at Lizzie, she's probably been a bit of a role model for me. Like us, Dave, we really want to... Yeah, for sure. We, we want to become business owners and entrepreneurs exactly and, right, and strive yeah. for the stars. And we just had an awesome conversation then, which we're going to hopefully tackle in on embracing your 20s to, to grind. But where did it all start? business but beauty first Mm. yeah well I was always into beauty when I was younger and obviously like I I lived on a farm so I hated the outdoors and I hated going outside and doing you know all the farm all the farm things so I used to sit in my bedroom and just paint my face literally and mum worked at Maya so she always had like a lot of makeup in her um, cupboard so I would get into her makeup and you know try and emulate what I thought would look good and back in high school everyone used to say that I used to look like Britney Spears so oh, I that's a very good compliment <laughs> and I'll never forget that like well, quite a lot of the time even like we'd go out when I turned 18 a couple yeah. of it's like Britney yeah. you know? <laughs> I think my face was a little bit rounder back then so I looked a little bit more like like Britney but um so we didn't have YouTube or anything back in those days because I'm nearly 33 so YouTube didn't come along till like a, a lot later on. So I used to go onto um, the internet and Google how to do makeup like Britney Spears and it would come up in like step one, step two, step three and I used to like print it out, put it next to me like on a like A4 sheet nice. of paper and then I used to have to just do, you know, my makeup and sort of interpret what I thought that that meant. So I used to love doing that and then I did all the girls from high school's makeup whenever we'd go out um, to parties and stuff and I really wanted to be a makeup artist but back then makeup wasn't really a thing like makeup now is huge like people get their makeup done just to go you know 
go out to a club or whatever. Yeah, out for lunch. Yeah. Out for lunch, yeah, literally. Whereas back then it was literally just for weddings and makeup wasn't massive anyway. So I went to mum and told her that I wanted to be a makeup artist. And mum's like, you're not being a makeup artist. Like, this is just so silly what are you going to get out of that? Like there's no jobs for makeup artistry. And Wade and I also have an auntie who she, (laughs) bless her, like we love her to death, but she's like, you don't want to be a makeup artist. You want to be a psychologist because they get good money. And I really love psychology, but at the same time I was like, it's not really what I want to do. So Mm. in year 12, I thought, all right, I'll do psychology and we'll go from there. But halfway through, I was like, no, don't want to do that. Want to do makeup. And I said to mom, please, like I've this is really what I want to do. And mum's like, all right, I'll take you to the principal and we'll discuss it with him. Cause she thought, you know, he might be able to talk me out of wanting to become a makeup artist. <laughs> so how old are you at this stage? This is year 12. Year 12, okay. Yeah. So, um, and this is also a funny time, like to know what you want to do. Like there's lots yeah. of pressure from teachers and Literally. career advisors and you're going to them saying, I want to be a makeup artist, which a while ago, probably was a bit laughable like why do you want to be makeup yeah and it's kind of like had the stigma of like oh that's just for like a ditzy blonde or like you know that's dumb like you're too smart for that and my principal said is this what you really want to do and I said yes I really want to do this and he said great if that's what you want to do he he looked at my mum and he said you have to send her to the best beauty school that there is because if you're gonna be something you have to be the best at it and Mm. there's no point going and doing something just to please your parents or just to get a degree just to say that you've done it because if you don't have a passion in it you're not gonna follow through and you're not gonna love it so mum was a little bit taken back because she's like shit (laughs) now I have to um you know send her to the to the best school but that was the best thing ever because I had such a passion and such a drive for beauty as soon as I finished year 12 I went to Ali Lucas Mm. and yeah it just went from there like I loved it so much so yeah that's how it all started so was there an expectation to actually stay on the farm or was there ever any encouragement from your family to go down that path and that lifestyle um no mum's always encouraged to to get out there and to to do whatever we want to do she's been amazing like that she's really pushed us it's funny because your sister actually said to me she never forgets the day where um my mum so to go to Ali Lucas, because it was very expensive, I had yeah. to get a traineeship. So then the government would subsidize the the amount of, of money. So I literally had to go and put my resume into every single beauty salon just to try and get a traineeship so that we oh, could afford okay. to send me to Ali Lucas because otherwise mum and dad couldn't afford it. Mm. And Taylor said she'll never forget sitting in the back seat with um with mum and mum making me go into every single beauty off. salon. We went from like Berwick to we went everywhere, like around as close as we could. And my mum was like, Elizabeth, get out of the car and go and put your resume in right now. And I'm like, oh That's an amazing story. That's really yeah, yeah. She pushed me like she's always pushed us to, you know, be independent and go and get what we want. So that's been amazing like at the time I was hating it because every like you know when you apply for any job you're like oh not again yeah. like you just every it doesn't get easier it's always hard but I'd totally forgotten about that till Taylor brought that yeah. up so yeah it made me think no wonder I, I am quite a resilient person in that aspect but that's because mum's pushed us and made us mm. do do things like that yeah but going from I guess learning it you know at the well Camille actually I'm, I'll share Camille out here because Camille made it very clear last night she goes Boys, she's not a beauty therapist. She's a makeup artist. I am a beauty therapist. I have that as a qualification, but I am a makeup artist. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're getting confused now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still confused with the Britney Spears. It's, yeah. I, I can really see it now. Yeah, I know. When you're, when you're at... Actually, no, we'll go back to the traineeship. So how long did it... Like, was there a few knockbacks? Like, did quite a few of these beauty salons say, no, we don't need one? Yes. How many did it take to uh, get one? I reckon at least 20. And yeah. there was one lady who took me on only because she's like, I just saw the desperation in your face and that's why I took you on. She actually said that to me and I was like, okay, I don't care. Like, just give it to me because yeah. I desperately need it. And that only lasted two months because okay. then she sold the salon and I had to go find another one. I ended up having three traineeships in my time because beauty salons tend to, you know, be a bit up and down with surviving, I guess. Yeah. So, yeah. Even more so now. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. So how long does that course actually take to become qualified? So it took 18 months. So okay. I went to the city three days a week and yeah. I worked three days a week in my traineeship. And then the other free day that I had, I worked at a bakery as well, just nice. to try and make ends meet. Because We used to love going to that bakery, by the way. Yeah, uh, Turidan Bakery, shout out. Dickie used to always, it was always, wherever like one of the cousins where they were working somewhere, it's always dad would take, like, and Lizzie was at the Turidan Bakery. Yeah. Probably deep down, he just wanted a pie. Oh, an excuse, yeah. yeah. An excuse to get to a, you know, a pie or a pasty, but we used to go there a bit. 
Yeah. yeah, it was such a good bakery. But because I was only on $8 an hour for my wow. traineeship. Yeah. That's crazy. I had to like work another job. So I was essentially doing seven days just to try because, you know, to pay for your ticket into the train, like for the train every day and mm. your lunch and all that sort of stuff. It was very tight budget, but that's okay. Well, it shows how passionate you are. Yeah. Well, you were, well, you yeah. still are. But at the time, like to actually go through that, like what, I say kid, but like what young person would actually be prepared to do that? That's like a real show of, okay, I'm actually passionate about this. I'm actually serious about this. I think that's just a huge... It makes me also go, how lazy are so many of us? Yeah. Not? Like, because... The access we have to technology, whether like YouTube, you mentioned YouTube, and I say it to my mum all the time. My mum might not know how to do something, and I'll say, just bloody Google it. Yeah. Like, I Google everything. I'll look it up on YouTube if I don't know how to do it. Like, you had to physically find it online, how to do the makeup, print it off, yeah, and then practice it through what looking at an actual printed photo. Like, now people can just go online, watch a video, give it a go. Uh, it's a bit hard. Yeah. Like, yep. You know, you have to have a passion for it. Oh, absolutely. And especially at a time where it's just starting to take off, were you getting like your friends in your ear saying, be sure about this? Were you getting any kind of doubt from people, like their perspective on it all? Not with Ellie Lucas, but um, once I became qualified, my mum really pushed me to open up a salon. And I did not want to do that because I was like, I even now, like I always think I'm not good enough or like I don't have any experience or, mm. you know, all that type of stuff. So when I was going to open my salon, because I opened my salon at 21, there were a lot of people that were like, yeah, are you sure you want to do this? Do you know the costs involved? Um, even my mum really, like she, I was really lucky to be able to get a business coach at that time for free. He had just become a business coach and he needed someone to work on and I needed someone to to show me what to do so that worked out really well but even he was saying to me oh like don't listen to your mom because she doesn't understand business and I think that that's a really um, hard thing as well because when you have friends that don't actually uh, understand what yeah. you're going through and what needs to be done you're gonna go down the wrong path yeah, yeah. well I, I really relate that to say what we were having the conversation about just before we like click record was making the most of your 20s yeah. and utilizing your 20s to take risks because once you hit 30. It's not even about the age. It's once you start bringing in those more, the greater commitments, you know, whether it is marriage or kids or mortgages <laughs> or, you know, loans, whatever it is, it becomes more, it becomes more difficult to go and take a risk. Absolutely. Well, my business coach would always say to me, what's the worst thing that can happen? Okay. You lose all your money. You, you mm-hmm. lose the salon. You get no customers. You get no clients. Okay. You lose whatever it is. You can always earn that money back. So like he would always relate it back to what is the worst that can happen? Mm. Okay. Can you fix that? Yes, you can. Okay. So what's holding you back? Like just go and do it. Mm. You know what I mean? And that's what helped me because I had so many doubts and I still do like all the time. So now I always try and think like, what is the worst that can happen in this situation? And can I fix it? Yeah. So that's probably the best thing in your 20s as well because yeah once you do have bigger commitments and then you've if you are in a partnership and you've got to share money you've got to yeah. think about that other person as well i remember what i was going to say now it was like because you athel was saying don't talk to him don't, don't listen to your mum. yeah and it is it's really difficult because in your mind and heart if like you know it's what you want to do and you know it's the right thing but it could be a large percentage of people around you that because it's not the common thing to do. Yeah. They're telling you don't do it. Like it's it's high, it's you know whereas really in reality it's the best chance to do it. Absolutely. And they're just trying to protect yeah. you because that's what they know, but it's but that doesn't mean it's the right thing. It's yeah. it's a really fine line between like protection and also them being scared that you might excel them as well. There's a little bit of an element yeah. of that too. What is your opinion? Like could you give us your like a bit of what you said earlier? Like what is your opinion on risk-taking or starting a business or in your 20s, like on that whole pressure from society, what's your take on all of that? Well, I I mean, I think it's definitely the best time to do it. I guess I'm lucky because I do come from a family where I know that if I'm in big, like if I'm in big trouble or if I'm struggling, I know that my parents will help me. So um, some people might not have that ability, but at the same time where there's a will, there's a way. So you always find a way to fix whatever it is or do whatever you want to do. But like I'm married and we I'm nearly 33 my husband's 35 and we still don't have children and that's because I'm still trying to get my business to where I want it to be Mm. and I don't want to be having I'm so like glad that I haven't had a child especially during COVID because I couldn't work for nine months last year and still now in these lockdowns like I still can't work so I can't imagine having to worry about you know a family plus my business plus everything else so I think your 20s is such a good time because you're still so young just to go out there and take as many risks as you can because once you get older and you've got mortgages and 
all these other loans, it's going to become a lot harder. And I find that like a lot of people settle down in their 20s because they think that that's what needs to be done, Mm -hmm. but they're not actually happy. Like they're settling because they think it's what is needed to happen, if you know what I mean. Like, Well, especially like I think it's interesting because a lot of people would say starting a business at 21 is risky because you might not have the experience. But I look at it the other way. Like Mm. it's a time where there's not a lot of risk. Like you said, if you lose all your money, you're 21. Yeah. You, You can even go brand new career and fail that again and fail again and like like you said like now if you actually have a child or a family to look after that's a real risk of starting yeah. a business so yeah do you remember the time once your business has gotten started like the time where it kind of clicked and you're like okay i've got this like i can make this work i can be stable do you remember the time that kind of switched i think it was like probably in the first month to two months of having my business because mm-hmm. I, I i think i needed to make like 500 dollars a week to make ends meet which is yeah. nothing but like when you're first starting out you're like oh yeah. my god am i gonna get that amount of clients like i was doing yeah. eyebrow waxes for ten dollars that's like 50 <laughs> bloody eyebrow waxes yeah. i've got to do in a week yeah. um that's a lot yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> like Just so starting you know yeah but I remember in the first, um, yeah, two months, I was, I think I was doing like $1,500 a week in the salon. And that's when I was like, oh my God, like I can actually do this. This is a lot easier than I thought, but mm. you have to have that. I, I think because I didn't have a massive expectation and all I wanted was just to earn that bare minimum just to make ends meet. And I knew yeah. that it would grow. It was a really good surprise, I, I guess. And that yeah. was probably before social media. Like how yeah, did you get clients? Like what, what's the, like in a small town, Kui Rap. Yeah. Is that, well, that's where the salon Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was in Korea. You know, like, how do, how do you bring in clientele? You know, what demographic is the clientele? You know, how did you earn that amount with, you know, what you didn't have social media? Well, we tried to, like, bring a little bit of um, surprise to the town because, like, we, we put newspaper all over the windows and was, like, something exciting is coming soon and trying nice. to get a little, a little bit of hype in this yeah. small country town and everyone's like, oh, I wonder what's, yeah, what's happening. Yeah, and yeah. Um, so we tried, I think that, that was mum's idea. I mom, like that. Yeah. yeah. And she stood out the front handing out flyers, like, bless my mum. She's, oh, she's the best. Even Gran. Gran came down and Gran would actually sometimes sit on the reception as well if I was. Would she? Yeah. 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 So like I had a lot of people um, help me as well because I was only young. Like I couldn't afford a receptionist. I couldn't, you know, mm. do any of that. So Amanda, a lot of, uh, oh, Amanda know. came. She would always do Christmas. That's Lizzie's sister. My dad's sister came. Like, yeah, I had so much help. I think. You know, it's sort of like when they say um, raising a child, it takes a, a village. Same with a business in a way. Like you kind of do need a, a bit of help mm. from other people or even just support because it is hard to do it on your own. I feel like when people start businesses, you've got a lot of support from everybody and everyone wants to support you. But as soon as you start to get bigger and you start to do really well, this is when like jealousy hit, like kicks yeah, in and then greed, people... Yeah, yeah. Greedy tall poppy syndrome. Yeah. Like And they'll support you like kind of like to your face, but really behind closed doors, they don't really want you to succeed. Is that also, do you think it's part of your type of industry? I think so. I think it's in a lot of industries though as well. Like, cause I do listen to a lot of podcasts and I find like, I I don't really have a lot of friends. I don't really have a lot of time. I I shouldn't say that, but I really don't have a lot of time. Um, it's hard enough to spend time with my husband and my, my own family, but I find that like, I listen to a lot of podcasts and they, people on podcasts kind of become my friends. Cause yeah. I feel like we have the same, I can't think of the word now. Well, well, like I relate it to us, right? Because I'm lucky that I have him Yes. and you are one of these people too. Whereas we love reading the books. We love listening to the podcast. Yeah. We yeah. love doing courses. We like, not everyone is drilled like that. Yes. And, and it's like, hard to do it alone. It is. Like, I feel for people, especially when we talk to other people doing podcasts, like I really admire people that do it on their own. Yeah. Because we've pushed each other through it. Like like you said, at the start, everyone's supporting us. It's great. Yeah. And then that support does drop off. Yeah. People, the listening, the listeners stay kind of, but that support to your face and the constant encouragement, the encouragement actually becomes like constructive criticism, which is actually great because the, the intense said actually help you. But yeah. But I also wanted to ask you, so when you're so young and you're starting the business, how'd you deal with FOMO? And were you working seven days? What were your hours like at the start? Yeah, so um, at the start, I had to sit at the salon because my opening hours were nine till five. And sometimes I would maybe have two clients a day. Like, and that's just being realistic, especially yeah. over winter. So I would have to sit there nine to five, whereas a lot of people, yeah, yeah. And I would just 
by then we did have YouTube. It wasn't like what it is now because it was yeah. very new. So there wasn't many videos, but at least that would keep me um, entertained. But yeah, I, I think I've always been in a relationship. So I guess mm. I've always been lucky that I, I don't really go out that much anyway. Yeah. I've never been a party girl really. So the FOMOs is more happening as my business, my makeup business is growing because it's okay. all weekend work. So yeah. I literally have to miss out on everything. And this has been like a big thing as well, like having issues with family members or issues with mm. friends, not being able to attend their events because they just don't understand. Like I can't just, you know, cancel a wedding two months out because someone has you know, decide that they're going to have an event. It just yeah. doesn't work like that. So, so give it, now we've gone to the next step. So you you now don't have the, the salon. You're now going to makeup artists, but it's, it's specializing in weddings. Yeah. So explain to us when you started that business and you became more of a, a mobile business going to events and weddings and whatnot. Yeah. So I had my salon for six years and I got into um, beauty, obviously, just to, to do makeup and then makeup started to become a big thing. So eventually the makeup outweighed the beauty therapy side of things. So I sold the business and now I have built my business up to be a wedding makeup artist. So obviously that's all weekend work. Yeah. Thursday to Sunday work. Mm. And I'm booked out. Like I've got weddings up until 2023. Wow. So um, all yeah. of next year is pretty much booked out. So like, yeah, if any of my close friends or family member decides to get married in the next year, it's sort of like, okay, so I either have to cancel someone else's wedding or like there's just really big decisions that have to be made well that's the thing it's somebody's wedding so it's easy to say oh it's work mm. but that's somebody's happiest day of their life like yeah their one their one wedding day yeah so how did you actually deal with it did you used to feel guilty if you couldn't make somebody's event have you gotten over that and yeah have you had any fractured relationships because of it with people close to you oh yeah yeah <laughs> We're 100%. <laughs> yeah, no names mentioned, but um, I think it's got to the point now where people understand yeah. my job. Yeah. But in the last couple of years, there have been some big barneys over, yeah, yeah, work and just the not understanding or people thinking that I'm doing it for the money, like yeah. you know, thinking I'm selfish and saying how dare you, you're selfish, like oh you you're so money hungry, you're just doing it for the money, and I'm like you you actually don't understand, like this person's had me booked in for a whole year, mm. I'm just gonna I can't I can't just mm. cancel them like. It's just misunderstanding, I guess. But now people understand because mm. I've laid down those boundaries. People probably don't, like, people see the business as a business, whether it's brick and mortar or an online business. Mm. It's not just a business, it's also a reputation and a legacy Absolutely. Yes. that you're upholding. So yours, for example, is so well known, like, in the state of Victoria, especially on the peninsula. As soon as it, it spreads like wildfire, as soon as Lizzie cancels one wedding... Yeah. The girls aren't saying book Lizzie in for your wedding. Yeah. They're saying, no, she cancelled on me. Yes. Yeah. No like, matter what. And who the... knows how long you can be at your peak. Who knows? Yeah. Like... You only need one thing. I, I even find like really funny, like I've gone and done weddings and a lot of the time, like they'll, they'll get cancellations on the day of guests going to their wedding, yeah. right? So there's usually around four people on average that will cancel going to a wedding on the day of. And it's really hard for the bride because these mm. people are paying like $200 a head and the guests that cancel on the day, they just obviously don't get it. But some people have legitimate reasons for not going to the wedding. And this is what made me realize like no matter if you cancel on someone, they don't care about the reason. Like you could mm. literally be in hospital nearly dead. They won't tell someone that that's the reason why you're canceling. They'll just say that you've canceled. So like, for instance, this one bride, her guest had gone into labor. She was having her baby and she's like, I can't come. And the bride was like, oh, this. Had, had D. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, she's not coming. And I'm like, but why? And she's like, oh, she's gone into labor. But she wouldn't have said that if I hadn't have asked, but why? Like, and then. If, if that makes sense. Like yeah. people don't care what the reason is. They're very unreasonable. Yeah. Brides can be very, very unreasonable. Like no matter. So yeah. Get, get, unreasonable. Give it, can you give us some, some of your best, best work here? Like what's a, what's a terrible story <sighs> of a, you know. It must be hard for the brides because they, they plan everything. We were oh, talking about this last night. Yeah. Before you out, Lizzie. Doss and I were actually sitting, we were chatting about this. We are like, well, for us as men, like I, I think about a wedding day, I'm like, I'll oh, probably shave. Might, might, yeah. might do a cheeky tan the night before. As long as he's got his chinos on, he's fine. Yeah, yeah. literally. Exactly. But for the, for the poor bride, she's, it's such a build-up. Like, it is. Often it's their whole life they start yeah. wearing yeah. yeah. I've noticed the COVID brides, they have been psycho. Yeah. <laughs> like, they, brides before COVID were fine. I never usually got that many. I, I never really had many issues. But COVID brides, oh, my Lord. Like, And it's not even just directed at me. It's, it's just because the build-up of it or they've had to, they've postponed their weddings like four times. Like oh, it's such sure. a big thing. And then when it comes to the day, it's like, they don't know how to feel. So they just, 
Let it out. Yeah. Yeah. Someone, however it wants yeah. to come out, it comes out. Literally. Like I've had a bride not let me go to the toilet because her child was like sleeping near the toilet. We had to whisper for like the first five hours. Like just things that people, just, like normal things that people wouldn't care. They are just going nuts over. I've yeah. had um, a little girl kick me, spit on me because yeah. she was sitting on her mum's lap and her mum didn't even like say anything. And I'm like, I am... I'm shocked. Like yeah. people, it, the behavior of people has changed since mm. COVID as well. So I, I just rock up to every wedding and I'm like, okay, what am I going to deal with today? Because wow. everyone has just gone through their own shit, I guess. What's a typical wedding day look like for you in terms of, not your wedding, the, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the makeup artist. When you arrive, like how many hours in advance do you have to stay the whole day? Do you go as soon as the makeup's done? Do you have to be there in case something needs to be patched up like what does it typically look like so usually i will start at like 6 a.m so usually it's a 4 a.m wake up for me and i usually have to travel around an hour to get to wherever i go to because yeah. i'm either at the yarra valley or the morning like down the mornington peninsula um so i'll wake up at four like get myself organized drive to the wedding i get there 15 20 minutes early to set up so say i've got um seven people to do then i allow seven hours to do their makeup because it's one wow um, it's an hour per person. So then I work that full seven hours straight. Like I don't get breaks or anything like that. Cause we're on such a time limit. Yeah. Um, so you've and got the bridesmaids and bridesmaids, bride, and maybe the mother of the bride. Yeah, gotcha. And then it'll take me like half an hour, 45 to pack up and then I'll go home. And then I've usually got more clients afterwards. So my cool. work days are usually like 12 to 15 hours. Big days. Yeah. Yeah. They're that massive days. Yeah. And I'm just picturing like you got to be at your absolute elite performance like it's so particular like yeah. it's art like makeup art but then you're standing up on your feet all day yeah. having small talk with probably a like a woman who's panicking like yeah, yeah. she's completely oh uh, she's considering running away <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah have you ever have you ever, ever seen a runoff like a... yes Whoa, really? yeah 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 so yeah so I, I went to the reality for this one wedding and i think i started at like 3am, 4am. Anyway, I had done all the makeup. The hairdresser had been, the bride was dressed in her gown. She had her veil on, she had everything. And she was going down to meet her fiance for breakfast for, for whatever reason she was good. seeing him. She oh. had also had no sleep the night before. And she had just found out that she was pregnant the night before as well. So this is the bride. So there was a lot going on for her, but it just seemed really I don't know. And that morning as well, myself and the hairdresser, we were just discussing about partners because she was asking us about, you know, how do you go with this with your husband? How do you go with that? And we were just, I don't know, we were on a roll of saying, now you don't put up with their shit and you don't do this and you don't do that. (laughs) And we were going on and on and on and on for hours. But we were just having like conversations between each other like, oh, we hate it when our husbands do this and blah, 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 blah. Because that's just what you do as like as women, you just talk. And she's asking us all these questions, but you never actually think, and I don't know whether this has anything to do with it, but you never actually think that what you say might have an impact yeah. on someone. And anyway, so she's she's dressed in her gown. She had every, like it was like a $20,000 gown, like everything with this wow, wedding, there was dude. no expenses spent no at limit. all. Yeah, no limit. Wow. So anyway, she, she goes down to have breakfast with her fiance and I'm packing up my makeup. And because it takes a little while to pack up, I was still there 20 minutes later. Anyway, she comes back into the um, hotel room crying and screaming and saying the wedding's off the wedding's off and i'm like i'm like oh my god i have like (laughs) what anyway she pulls out her veil she rips all her hair out she takes her dress off and i'm like what is happening like we have just spent the last four to five hours getting this whole bridal party ready and she's screaming because she was a different nationality i couldn't understand exactly what she was Mm. saying but like she was talking in her, yeah, her in her language. language at the time and i'm like oh my god like what what has happened like and yeah, and she just got dressed into a white shirt and like a pinstripe skirt, gathered herself together and she's like, okay, have a great day, ladies. And I'll see you later. And then she walked out and I was like, credit card details. I was going to say, I was gonna say <laughs> here's the invoice. Well, she, she'd already paid me, thank goodness. But like, I, I was just like, what has just happened? What the hell? And it was yeah. her mum, her sister and me in the room. And we all just looked at each other and were like, what did oh her mum say? Nothing. Honestly, our jaws had hit the floor. Like no one knew what to do. And I was like, I'm leaving. Like I'm just going to go. I reckon maybe this is conspiracy theory. Maybe the baby to come, the child was not the groom. Well, I was thinking the same thing. (laughs) I was like, I have no, I thought the same thing. I remember. That's a very valid point. I got in my car. I was thinking the same thing because I was going through everything in my mind. I'm like, was it? 
like what could it have been like yeah. what was it like i knew it wasn't me obviously but yeah no, i even rang yeah, my mum on the way this? home <laughs> and i'm like mom this just happened like i feel like bursting into tears it's not even my wedding because oh, I, I think the worst part is knowing is not knowing what happened because yeah. it's just like yeah. what has happened but yeah so so yeah she's been my one and only runaway bride do you feel a large amount of pressure like because because it, it is such a special day for you know for, for any woman who, who is about to get married you know this is the biggest day of their life do you feel like a, a large chunk of pressure like on your shoulders when it comes to, you know, how they're going to look for, you know, these, yeah. these wedding photos that they're going to have on their forever, wall forever, yeah. you know? Yeah, for the bride I do. So, like, once the bride is done on the on the morning, I can relax. It's like, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I don't mind doing, like, I don't really feel pressure to do the makeup. It's more the responsibility. Like, I have a huge responsibility to get there safely, to not break down, to make sure I'm not sick. Like, I was... Not tired. Not tired. Um, I was really, really sick the other week with, like, a, a bad stomach bug when I was meant to yeah. come and film with you last time. And I had to go and do a wedding. And I was, like, at f- I woke up at 4 a.m. in the morning. I was incredibly ill. Like, I literally couldn't even stand up. And I'm like, what am I going to do? It's 4 a.m. No one is going to be able to come and fill in for me. I took everything possible, like gastro stop, because I was not well. And I just went and did the wedding. I had to. I had no choice. So there's just the pressure is more like making sure that I'm well and that Mm. I'm on my game. Like I don't even go out for dinner on a Saturday night with friends. I'm usually in bed by seven o'clock or like on a Friday night, seven o'clock because I need to be up at 4am. So there's so much, yeah, so much responsibility, if anything, just Mm. making sure that I'm right for them. Yeah. We we asked one of our other guests, Amy, who's, you know, Amy Monty. Yeah, Yeah. 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 So she was on the show and we asked her a similar question and she told us a story about it. But what happens when, in your personal life, there's things going on. It happens to all of us. If something is going on and you're mentally having a bad day or struggling, are you able to go to the wedding and just switch off what's happening in your personal life to get the job done? And yeah. Do you find that difficult? Is there any... The thing I find difficult is like talking to people. Like if I'm having a down day, like usually when you go to a wedding, you have to be all like, oh my God, hi, it's yeah. your wedding day. <laughs> Whereas I really struggle to to do that. So if anything, I'm... I, I'm just quiet. I don't ever, you know, talk about what's going on in my life. I'm just very quiet. And I usually always apologize and just say, I'm, I'm really sorry. I'm just trying to concentrate today. Um, yeah. And I try and put it on that, if anything. Yeah, because you can't go in and just blurt out. I've been yeah. to places uh, like working with hairdressers and they do that. And it's just like, hun, like, yeah. this is not your day. It's yeah. so inappropriate. Yeah. So, yeah, I just try and zip the lip. Must be hard. Yeah. Must be tough. I want to quickly go back to business just quickly. What about invest, like re- investing in yourself and your business? Yeah. Like I know that's something you're very big on, like yeah. investing in your personal growth. Can you share with us, you know, how you've gotten to where you have based on like what you've had to actually invest in? You know, some people probably don't understand the length that you've gone to do courses to, to become not just Lizzie the makeup artist, but like Lizzie this person, like in yeah. terms of personal growth. Well, I think I'm obsessed with learning and one of the biggest things that my business coach taught me was that the income that you earn, it's not really yours. You need to keep investing it into the business for at least one to two to three years. And then after about three years, then you can start taking your money out for yourself. So a lot of people, when they first start a business, you know, anything that they earn, they're like, oh, I'll just go spend it on this. But then they don't have the money left to invest in themselves. So whether it's like it's new equipment or um, courses, like I try and go and do as many courses as I can all the time because I think you like you can't ever stop learning and you don't know everything so even if i've like i've gone and spent a thousand dollars on a makeup course and i've learned one thing but i try and think okay well i've learned that one thing yes it was a thousand dollars but that might help me in the future so like i think when you stop learning is when your business will start to actually go downhill or you stop investing that's when you should get out of the business or just yeah it, it's not gonna keep thriving it's an interesting point because i'm like your industry i'm guessing evolves a lot yeah constantly changes so it's good to hear that you stay on top of that and you've got that will to learn but we were also talking off air about priorities like in your 20s and your late 20s and and having to put work first Mm-hmm. Like a better word. So, can you talk us through that? Like, is, has that ever been a challenge putting your work before maybe anything else? Yeah. I've been really lucky. Like, with my husband, he's always supported me with everything. And, that, like, once again, I've put my work before friends, I've put my work before family, I've put my mm. work before everything. And we've I've had to um, bear the brunt of that and have tough conversations or lose people in, in the process. But sometimes, like, when you want to be really good at something, you have to just focus on that. And I know a lot of 
I, I listen to a lot of podcasts about that and that's why I love listening to podcasts because it reaffirms that what I'm doing is right because yep. sometimes I do feel like I'm doing the wrong thing because I'm surrounded by people who don't have businesses and who don't have the same mindset as me. So it's a really fine line. I guess it depends what you want to get out of your business or what you want to achieve. And like even recently, because I couldn't work for nine months last year, I've had to work literally seven days a week for the last six months to catch up on weddings. Like there's been weddings seven days a week there every day of the week just to try and fit them in. And there's just a backlog of everything. So for the last six months, I didn't really get to spend time with my husband. And he even came to me and was, you know, he, he was really upset because he's like, I'm not happy right now. Like, I never see you. Like, what is happening here? And it's it's really, it was really hard for me because I'm like, I, I don't want to put my business first. I want to put him first because he's my husband. But at the same time, I've spent the last 10 years building this business. I can't just like let that go either. Like, how do I, I can't cancel a wedding just to spend time with my husband. That sounds so stupid like but at the same time yeah i can't i can't just cancel work because it's already pre-booked it's already i can't just take mm. a day off i yeah. it's because it's already pre-booked in so we've had to have a, like quite a few tough conversations like we're fine our relationship is is good now but it did get to that point where he was like i can't do this anymore like i never see you like it's literally like being single and it, it was the truth but because i was so focused on my business i didn't even know he was feeling like that yeah it, it also like says to me how important and crucial it is when you are getting into a, any relationship, like the beginning of a relationship, what are your expectations? Yeah. yeah. Like, hey, this is this is where I want to go and this is where I want to get to and this is what it's going to take. Are you with me or are you not? Yes. Like Rach Winters, she was a, like a female bodybuilder we interviewed on the show and she basically said that. She was like, I basically have to tell my friends like, this is my goal. Yeah. This is what it's going to take. I can't go out for drinks. I can't go out for dinner. Yeah. Are you with me or you're not? Because if you're not, yeah. piss off. Yeah. Like, like this is where I want to. Go. And it's, it's not necessarily being selfish. It's like what we said earlier. It's embracing this time that mm. you can do it. Mm-hmm. Like I'm. And you got to do what it takes. Yeah. Exactly. Literally. Um, yeah. And yeah. I'm sure you and Trent had that conversation at the very beginning, but it obviously takes its toll. Like, yeah. You know, it's hap- It's you know, how long have you guys been together now? Uh, seven years. Yeah. Yeah. And married for two, three? Three. Yeah. Three years. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I had no, like, because I'm a workaholic anyway, y- you have to be to succeed. I know that some people say, like, you don't have to be a workaholic to get what you want, but you kind of do. Like, mm. you have to put in the hours. You have to put in the time. You don't just become successful overnight. It doesn't just happen like that. It takes years to build a business. And I think that that's where, you know, when COVID has struck, it's been so hard for so many business owners that have lost everything because what people don't understand is it's taken them like six years to get to this point and then all of a sudden it's ripped out from underneath them at no fault of their own so it's extremely hard like to understand i guess if you don't have a business what people are going through and that's where like trent has been good because he knows i'm a workaholic but at the same time it it did take a toll on him he's like Mm. i can't i i just can't do this anymore if you're going to be like this all the time but it's just i'm like it's just because of covid please like just give it another month i've got like one more month left of like psycho hours Mm. and then it's back to normal but because of this like three week lockdown lockdown, i'll be back to crazy hours again so it just makes it incredibly hard for for business yeah how did you go through covid i mean dos and i were discussing what we're going to talk about last night and we sort of thought we were sort of umdenard about covid because We've all, everyone in Victoria has been affected by it, but then yeah. a lot of our listeners are interstate or even around the world. So they might not have the same perspective as what we've all lived through. So talk us through how you felt during those, like even last year in that long lockdown where you have literally been forced out of work and there's not a lot of help from the government to get through. Do you ever think about potentially putting it aside and getting another job or yeah, how'd you get through? It was incredibly tough. Like even yesterday I was saying to mum on the phone, like, I feel so defeated again, like in this three week lockdown, like maybe I should just get a job at Coles. Like I'm so sick and tired of feeling sick in my guts every day about how am I going to make money? How am I going to get an income? How, when am I going to be able to work again? Like waking up worrying and think and trying to like think outside the box all the time. Like it physically makes me sick. Like, and that last year for nine months, that was probably the worst time of my life. Like I, I literally would think when I was driving, I wish I could just drive in front of a car right now. Like that mm. is genuinely how I felt. And Trent knew that as well. Trent was really worried. I would never have done that. But it, it, so many people, it just affected 
everyone and like Trent I'm lucky because Trent had his job the whole time and I would but like I'm such a strong person and I would ring him bawling my eyes out when he was at work and he's like I'll come home I'll come home like no 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 like I just need to just vent but last year I I did an online academy because I was like okay how am I going to make money like I need to have some kind of income and I gathered all my savings I had like twenty thousand dollars in savings and put that into my online academy because it cost twenty thousand dollars to make and I had like spoken to Trent as well I'm like is it okay if I do this because obviously it's both of our money so I yeah did that and for three months that gave me a purpose to get up every day because it took three months by the time we did filming and like all the other behind the scenes stuff so at least I had a purpose every single day Um, that was probably the thing that I found the hardest was waking up every day, not having a purpose, not having anything to do or anything to look forward to. I didn't, I haven't made a cent from the Academy. Like once I put it out there, like I got the $20,000 back, which was good, but still to this day, because there's so many ongoing costs, like I haven't made anything, but that saved me. Like, I feel like that actually saved me last year. So I don't even care if I don't make another cent from it. Cause I think that that's what a lot of people lacked last year was purpose and, something to like look forward to and there was just like no end in sight there was just no light at the end of the tunnel no one knew yeah yeah thank you for sharing that yeah i know it's hard and i think a lot of people need to hear that because i know covid's tough for everybody in the world and we we're lucky here we're not facing death every day no facing at the moment we're not facing hospitals overflowing and anything like that but people a lot of people get called selfish for covid for different reasons but people don't understand you have to hear it from a person's mouth that owns a business and like you mentioned you're a workaholic you've spent 10 plus years building this business and getting it up to where it is today and to have it taken away from you like i'm just glad you shared that i think a lot of people probably need to hear that yeah i did yeah i've got a, a good question yeah uh chicken or beef when you're at the wedding <laughs> chicken, <laughs> no, chicken too. Do, you, do you stay for the meal or what's the go no 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 so i'm gone as soon as the photographer comes so because uh, i've seen photographers stay oh, they yeah stay. oh they yeah they stay. stay and you have to feed them as well because that's yeah. a requirement but like People don't know this and I say this to brides all the time. We, we all have our own time slots. So like I always ask what time is the photographer coming? So if the photographer says that they're coming at two o'clock, I have the girls till two o'clock. That's my time slot. If the photographer <laughs> arrives at 1.30, no, you are not. Like yeah, I've had Barney's with photographers because yeah. I'm like, you're on my time. Like, no. So we, yeah, it's it's very structured. Yeah. It's very bitchy. Yeah. Um, but no one would know about that. Yeah. And this might be a controversial, like, I don't know. I don't want it to be a controversial question. But I also want to get your take on it because, Mm. like, image right now today is huge. Like, social media and it's all about looking the part. Do you sometimes see your industry and what you do, for some people, it's actually covering up their true self? Like, I I don't know. Is that a real question? Yeah, yeah. It's like, sometimes I look at girls and guys, like, whether it's material things or Mm. putting your makeup or a tan on or... Dying the hair a certain cu- like I don't know. Looking at me the whole time. Yeah, look at <laughs> <laughs> He's hair. had the fake tan. He's had the bl- bless. Like I love hair. that. I love it. But like, I sometimes feel people do these things because they they don't want to tackle the real issues that are within themselves in terms of like there's some emotional trauma there or something. Is it, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah it does. Um, I don't think that people even realise that that's what they're trying to yeah, cover. Yeah. Like they just feel like they. Yeah, they don't even know that that's why they feel that way, but they're trying to hide some part of them. It's funny you ask that because like the most beautiful girls that I work on a lot, so like models and all that, they are the most... Like self-conscious? Thank you. They're the most (laughs) self-conscious girls. Like I look at them and think, oh my God, like you are stunning and they don't see it. Like they are so self-conscious and I don't know why that is but then you'll see someone who's like just your normal looking average joe blow like not being horrible to anyone like oh, i'm just an average joe blow yeah. but i'm they... very confident i'm average <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes i feel like it's better to be like that because these girls who are models and who are like instagram famous and all that sort of stuff they have put so much expectation on themselves that they can't be seen in a different way than how they portray themselves and I just think that that would just be so tiring like I could not be bothered like yes I go on um, Instagram and sometimes put a filter over my face or whatever but I don't usually like I never wear makeup like I don't really care but it is really sad to see the ones who are just Mm. stunning that are so self-conscious I just can't imagine feeling like that like and they're beautiful like so I don't know whether they've put that on themselves or whether that's come from 
family. Uh, maybe the comparison as well. If you're in the industry and you're always comparing with your peers, that's so and true. Everyone looks so good all the time. Like I don't know. But I didn't think of it like that. That's actually yeah. Maybe. I don't know. I'm not. I don't, we'd have to ask one. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get an interview. I've got one more question for you, and if we don't, if you don't feel comfortable, we don't have to answer. No, but that's okay. The next sort of chapter of your life, the next two, three to five years, what do you see in terms of, do you see your business still being the priority? I know it's a hard question to answer, or do you see something else taking that and, and how do you feel about it? Like, do you have a plan? Are you excited? Are you, yeah. Yeah, you I'm not really sure. Like lately I've just been thinking maybe I do need to get out of this job and do something else, or maybe I need to have a baby. Like mm. I'm 33, I haven't had a child yet, but that's because I've been putting my business before that. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't want to have a child just for the sake of having a child. Like, I don't feel like I'm ready. I feel like I've still got so much more to give business-wise or in, in other aspects, but I'm not really sure. I mean, my job now, it's physically so demanding. Like I am on my legs like 12, 15 hours a day. Like I have to wear compression stockings every day. I had an operation on my legs last year to get my veins done because my veins, I had really bad varicose veins just because okay. like physically standing all the yeah. time. It takes such a toll on my body. Um, so yeah, I don't really want to be doing that for the next five years, but I'm not actually sure yeah. what I'm going to go into. Like, I feel like there's something else there for me, but when that pops up, I mean, putting it out to the universe, to God, yeah. you know, help to, to show me what, like what's next for me, but I'm not actually sure. What I've found from listening to you, I've only just met you today and just speaking to you, but I think what's a really good positive character trait that you have is you, de- you always seem to listen to yourself. Yeah. Like, and I think a lot of us can get caught up in listening to the outside noise of our peers and their family and, and what we read online and all that kind of stuff. But you seem very true to yourself. And I feel like you're just going to be led to the right path anyway because mm. of that. Because, yeah, whatever direction it goes, I think you'll just – I don't think you'll ever have regret, you know? Thank you. I think the biggest thing that's helped me that I have just recognized is listening to podcasts or having conversations like this with people that are on a similar mindset, because I think 90% of people at the moment don't have the same mindset as people that want to become entrepreneurs or want to build a business. They think that they know what is right, but they actually don't. So for anyone who is wanting to start a business, I would highly suggest to try and find some podcasts of people that have businesses or if, and just immerse yourself in listening to them, because that's when you will feel that, you're on the right path and that you're getting the right mm. direction. Because if you're just going to be talking to your friends like out for dinner about what you want to do and stuff like that, they will give you advice, but it might not be the right advice. Mm. And then you'll come away thinking, oh, like, or thinking that you're wrong in the way that you're wanting to live your life. So if you can immerse yourself in listening to people that have done it and are really successful and, and hear their stories and know that, you know, hard work is a thing that has to be done and you are going to have to sacrifice things and you're not alone and that you're not stupid for for putting things first then you'll feel better about what you're going to do if that makes sense i'm massive on that and and dad used to talk about that all the time which is like your sphere of influence like yes your sphere doesn't have to be huge and i think one thing i struggle with being a people pleaser like i know you are and like yourself d like it's great to have a lot of friends and it's great to have a lot of people in your life but unfortunately like you said a large sum of that 90 percent, like up to 90 percent, which i totally agree with they're not drilled or wide like some of us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's so important that your sphere, um, it doesn't have to be lots of people. No. It can be five people. One, two, there's three of us here. Mm. That's three. Like, can we find two others? I'm sure we could. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. it's okay that your list of friends isn't huge because I'd rather have five people who get what I'm, get the mission that I want to go on. Yeah. And they understand and yeah. they're going to support me. I'm on the phone to Dean nearly every day. Yeah. Because... I might feel flat after a day at work because someone's like, mate, you need to go and get a re- get get back into sales. Yeah, yeah. Like that's where you're good at and that's what you that's what you're born to do because your dad was that. But I'm like, I don't want to do that. Yeah. Well, not yeah. right now at least. Like and I ring D and I'm like, please reassure me again. Yeah, am, I, yeah. like, am I on the right path? Like Well, the only thing I would say is like, I mean, if you need money, do the sales to get the money, but know that that is the only reason you're doing the sales is because you need the money. Like exactly. that's what I've done in like it's, it's just you do things to get by, but don't get stuck on that that's who you are. It's the stepping stone it's to the, get to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas, yeah, some people are just like, just go get a job or that they don't want to help push you to where you need to be. And I, think, it's that her- I think ultimately as well, it's, and I know I mentioned this word earlier, but it's about legacy. It's not even about yeah. business. Like mm. it's not even about building a business sometimes. Like money, yeah. Or money. It's like you want to impact people. Like, yeah. 
help people. Yeah, that's help what people. makes you feel yeah. good. Like I love it when someone looks in the mirror after I've done their makeup and they smile. Like that's what makes me go, oh my God, like I've just made this person's day. Mm. Like, and then that's what fuels me. So you'll feel like you'll find something that will fuel you mm. in and give you that passion. If you know what I yeah, mean? Like yeah. that's what makes you want to keep doing it. It's when you know that you can help someone and, and you're fueled by that. I, I think the story you told near the start of this podcast about the length you went to, to, Follow your dreams. Like that's the ultimate question because a lot of people say I'd love to run a business and make money and live on the beach and make money from my laptop. But are you prepared to take those steps? And even just that COVID chat, like these are real life issues that we don't all consider. We look at, oh, great, start a business and I can do what I want and make money. But it's like how passionate are you really and what length are you prepared to go to to make something work? It doesn't even have to be business. Just yeah. any, anything in your life, a change, a habit, a, a, a new skill. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah. It's hard freaking work. Like I, like I am not a big person in any way, shape, or form. But I'm always on a diet, right? So like, are we all? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I am too. And so, and I, I got this coach and um, this like diet coach, and she's telling me like all this stuff, and she's like, I'm telling you now, it's not. It's it's hard work. Like this is not going to be easy. But people make. She made it out to me that it was going to be easy, kind of. And then when it's not easy, I'm like, I can't stick to it. And she's like, I'm telling you, it's not easy. Like this is mm. not going to be easy. It's freaking hard. And then it made me go, Oh, it's exactly like business. But you know what? I don't want it that bad, so I'm not going to do it. it but with yeah. business, it's it's like for me, it's different. I'm like, No, I want this bad. So if you want it bad enough, you'll do it. But nothing that you want bad enough is going to come easy. Yeah, mm. I remember this great quote when I first joined. What you in the in the in the fat D days that we talk about quite often. And I remember this like sign, it's always stuck with me, and there was a sign on top of the thing over the treadmills and it said, It never gets easier, you just get better. Yes. So it's like the mindset is that when I was I running, think, I think I've seen that sign at Optima. Yeah. But when you're running and you're struggling, you're like, Well, at least in a month's time this won't be so hard and, I'm, and then it just reminds you, well, yeah. It's going to be the same level of heart, except you're going to be running faster. Yes. It's like that kind of thing. Yeah. Stronger. Yeah, exactly right. So that's something that's always stuck for me. Yeah, very true. We'll finish it up now. Firstly, where's, I guess, a good place for, for the listeners to find you? Social media, website. Anyone want their makeup done? Yeah. Exactly. yeah. yeah. Um, well, my Instagram is Lizzie, L-I-Z-I underscore Hans, H-A-N-C-E underscore makeup underscore glamified. I think that's my only social media that I've got really at the moment. I'm not really on Facebook. Yep. Website is glamifiedbylizzie.com.au. And if you do want to go and learn my how I do makeup on my academy, it is on my website, I think. I think it's, yeah. We'll link it all up. We'll yeah, all there's up. a tab so there. If you're listening, you can just click below. It'll be right there. And yeah. Well, firstly, I just want to like say thank you. Thanks for having me. No, we've loved it. This was oh, a great It's been really good. Lizzie, what we do, me and Dee, uh, when the guest leaves the house, <laughs> what we tend to do is we wait till you walk around the corner. We, we wait till we hear the car motor start. You drive off, me and Dee embrace and a big hug and we say, how fucking good was that? <laughs> <laughs> because today was amazing. Okay, like, okay. And like, I just want to acknowledge you for just your story. Uh, just being, and even your, being your cousin as well, it's pretty, pretty special. Like for me, it, you know what it does? It reassures me that someone in my same bloodline feels yeah. the same way about this kind of thing yeah. Yeah. you know like and my dad had it too and yep. you know and I know dad helped you at times and like yeah. it's just it's really reassuring and we might get you back on I'll be sure. I'll be sure. yeah. So, yeah thanks, thanks thank, thank you. you thank you